Hello, everyone. Welcome to an action-packed, non-stop express ride here on ARG Presents. Do you like games? Do you like high-pitch, high-fast, super-graphic games? This is the show for you. I'm Amigo Aaron, joined by a man that, unfortunately, much like today's subject matter, is old, slow, archaic. We call him good old punch card Brent. How's it I going, from Brent? I am the 70s. I'm doing you, well. How about yourself? I'm pumped. I'm amped. I'm ready to rock and roll. I can't be stopped today because we spun the wheel, Brent. We made the exciting, the incredible deal last week. The thanks unholy to you. deal. Thanks to your mm. forethought, your deep study, we will be playing games on a system that gets a little coverage. It's a crime. It's a crime that the games haven't been seen until today. But today, we will unveil these games, Brent, because, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the NASCOM. The yes. NASCOM 1 and 2, Brent. Before we got into this, if someone would have said, hey, Brent, what's a NASCOM? I would have said, that's a NASA thing, right? Yes, Which it, it, it actually sort of is. With yeah. an extra S, I believe. Yeah. Uh, but... If you if they would have been like no man it's like a kick computer from the seventies I'd been like oh <laughs> but after uh, learning about it and seeing some of the people in this community uh, that are incredibly passionate about uh, these little things it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing that these things ever existed uh, and that there are still some functional in the world you've got to be passionate about the NASCOM brand as we are of course so. If you're like me, when this came up at the wheel last week, well, my first thought was, let's strangle Brent. That was my first <laughs> thought. And then as the week rolled on, I left strangling and went straight to stabbing. And because emulating this was not easy. This it was, was an 11th. It was, I will say, Brent saved us at the 11th hour. Uh, I had tried. There were, there were two or three emulators for this. You've got a Java one. You've got one that was made for the Windows 95 and 98. That was a prominent one, by the way. Yeah. And and then you've got uh, uh, MAME support, and I use that as loose as sense. And I couldn't get Jack Squat to run on this machine. And then Brent showed up. I don't know how you did it, Brent, but he did find something that had some games. And so we were able to look over some games the NASCOM. Let's learn about this, and then we'll talk about the games we're going to take a look at today. So if you're like me, you've never heard of this thing. This was a this was a kit computer, Brent. Yes. Which explain to the people what that means exactly. They you you send them money and they send you a pile of parts and, and tell you to have a good old time. You That's basically right. have to Lego your computer together before you can use your computer. Correct, correct. Now, uh, this was of course a UK joint because hey, and we didn't know that either, by the way. Uh, this came out around seventy eight, and yep. it was put together by a fellow named Chris Shelton. Now, he was basically approached uh, by an outfit called NASCO, Brent. Uh, NASCO stands for the North American Semiconductor Company, which hilariously is British. So much <laughs> yeah. like U.S. Gold, yeah. <laughs> a British company named North American something always gets me. But they approached him like, and, and they worked out a deal for him to put this kit computer together. It's funny, I've I read a couple articles about this Chris Shelton. You don't hear him talked about with your Klaus uh, 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 Sinclair's that you know that in that company, but this guy really was sort of an innovator. So close, Aaron. He was so close to yeah. being there. And the funny thing is, it, when you look into NASCOMs one and two, and, and there was a three, these actually developed into pretty capable, 
fairly modern for the time uh, machines. Absolutely. I mean, these things, these things right out of the gate, it's not like they were duds, and you could put them together. So just to give you a quick look at what these things were. So I'm going to look, we'll look at the NASCOM one. There are some subtle differences uh, between the two. So one thing you're going to understand about the NASCOM is these didn't come with a case. Okay. These, this was, you literally built the motherboard uh, it and hooked up the keyboard. And then you were expected to either make a case or do what I would have done, which is sit the naked computer on your desk, <laughs> surrounded by uh, old Mountain Dew cans and, and, and uh, the remnants of uh, yesterday's pizza. Well, and almost inevitably, you would have dumped stuff on the board. Uh, again, these came out in 78. Uh, a Z80 processor, Brent, uh, one or two megahertz uh, uh, speed on these things. Now, originally, the NASCOM 1 shipped with a K of RAM, a K of VRAM, and, and one or two K of ROM. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, the text modes on this, 48 characters by 16. Of course, it was monochrome, but we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, it had a t TV uh, UHF video interface, but again, the one thing about these this kit computer was uh, uh, is that th these things were heavily modified Absolutely. by people. Uh, now, this mm. kit this kit uh, didn't come with a power supply; you had to pull that out, uh, and you could get all sorts of uh, additional, you know, uh, I/O for it. Yes. You're looking at at the time of release when this thing was going for just about 200 pounds. Uh, not which, if you think about it, this is the era where computers cost eighteen kajillion dollars. Yeah, yeah, it so, was rarely reasonable at the time. Yeah, so uh, uh, this was this ended up being a pretty big deal in the UK. I mean, it did quite well, and they, like I said, these kit computers, people would take them, and they would they would put them in all sorts of different cases. When I was looking this thing up, it was amazing the amount of uh, of uh, cases you could find for this thing people would make them out of metal they would make them out of wood yeah much like you much like you did it's that they looked way better uh <laughs> because they would stain the wood make it look nice uh they had all sorts these came in all and so like i said some people just had them in a box you know laying there uh, but people are it's funny i was reading the comments on some of these and people were saying like oh yeah i developed a sound card for my nascom oh yeah i developed a color graphics card from an ASCOM or, or an adapter or whatever. So these were heavily uh, edited. And, and you're talking to people that would buy something like this were your top shelf geeks of the day. Pioneers. You know? These That's people right. were pioneers. Because, you know, as computers have evolved, they started as, as a lot of these uh, uh, put-together-at-home computers before our time, obviously. Uh, you know, we never did anything like that. <clears throat> And then, I did do kits. I, I not computers, but I put together my own multimeter. I put together my own crystal radio. You know that stuff. So they they were still, but those sorts of kits are not on the same level oh, yeah. as this. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then if you flash forward, you know, a couple decades, we fought with our cues and you know that kind of settings, having to manage your own RAM and stuff. Yeah. So we experienced that era of computing completely different level i'm not even comparing the two i'm just saying the uh the uh flow of technology and then today you know what are what's hard to do on a computer right yeah and computers it, it's completely been refined so yeah. my hat's off to all these nascom owners who not only successfully assembled their kits but the ones who modified them and added to them and you know tweak this and tweak that and shared that information 
because it really it all boils down. It's all part of the history of computing. You know, it's funny because from I was reading out how the, why they uh, NASCO decided to get into this thing, and basically what from what I read, they looked at the people at NASCO looked in America and saw all the different uh, user groups over here and all the little uh, computer user groups that were around, and they didn't see the same thing in the UK, and they thought, heck, we could get that kind of action. We could get on the ground floor. And that was sort of their basis for putting this together. And I think it worked. Uh, aside, Listen to this, Brent, to, to, just to assemble this thing. Of course, why did they sell it as a kit? To minimize the cost, okay? Yes. Here's where they minimized it. To assemble the, the uh, uh, NASCOM 1, you had to hand solder about 3,000 joints yeah. on that circuit board. Crazy, isn't it? Now, uh, that's that's a lot of that's a lot of soldering, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, it's, especially when you had you're probably you know, soldering's come a long way too in terms of the in terms of the irons and stuff from back in those days. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's a lot of action. These things could do a lot of stuff amongst uh, the things they could do. Uh, you could get basic for them, Pascal, C, Fourth. They had a lot of different programming languages that were like ported over to them, and a lot uh, of people wrote their own assemblers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was. You're right. I mean, really, this kind of shows you how much different it, things things are uh, than they used to be in terms of uh, uh, working on this sort of thing. Real uh, quick, this, I want to yeah. go over a, a story I heard uh, yeah. while I was researching this stuff. <clears throat> there was a guy that had bought a kit, right? And he he tried to put it together, and he never got it functioning, right? So he put it in a box, you know, and he was he wasn't really in with one of these communities. But, uh, you know, when when people found out you had a NASCOM or a kit, they kind of said, oh, you know, how's it going? You know, how are you working with it? And the guy was like, yeah, I'm I'm going to sell it for parts. I can't get it working. And they said, no, 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 let's let's look at it. Let's sit down. Let's get it together. And it was a community effort. It was a community effort to get this guy's computer up and running. And uh, <clears throat> it was such a moving story about how basically complete strangers were at this dude's house. And it's like, oh, okay, I see a problem here. You know, I know this needs to go over there. And got the computer completely assembled for this dude. And they worked on a case and got him up and running and got him, you know, a computer from a broken pile of parts. That really talks about the community that was that was going on at this time. Hey, listen. I don't want to toot our I don't want to toot our own horn here. Meep, meep. That's a that's the kind of feeling I get about uh, our uh, our family here. I have I can't tell you how many times we've sent crap up to like Jason Warren, for example, or got technical support. So the it's spirit, awesome. yeah, the spirit of those computer pioneers lives on. Absolutely, so, I agree. There you there go. There are definitely pockets of people who are still out there helping each other, uh, uh, making this stuff work. And it's it's uh it's endearing. It really is. Absolutely. Uh, it's an impressive community, and it, it's amazing to see what it has grown out of, uh, and what it has become. It's the spirit is certainly still there. Let's let's talk about the uh, successor uh, when the, the NASCOM one discontinued in seventy nine. Here comes the NASCOM two, and you can see if you're watching at home, this picture is this is another homemade case. Uh, for yes. the NASCOM 2. Now, the NASCOM 2, again, released in 79. This had built-in Microsoft Basic right, right out of the gate. Of course, you got your keyboard. This had a Zilog uh, Z80A 
four megahertz. So you've got a, a, a double the processing power, effectively. 9K of memory, expandable up to 32K. And trust me when I tell you they expanded it further. Uh, a 1K of video RAM, uh, 10K of ROM, right? Because uh, you've got basic built in. Uh, you've also got, you do have a graphics mode in, on this one, which is nice. This one does have a serial uh, line on it. You've got uh, uh, the ability to load off cassettes. You know, so this was uh, this was a substantial upgrade in a lot of ways. But you kept the uh, you kept the compatibility there, uh, and was but this was a this was eighteen months later. Basically, it took them eighteen months to get this thing figured out. But you've really expanded the heck out of this thing, uh, and you've got something hot, hot looking computer here. Yeah. Now. <clears throat> The sad thing they is... They didn't all look that good, by the way. No, they did not. <laughs> like I said, there's a you've got computers that look like someone like, let's say, Retro Man Cave put them together, and then you've got something that looks like the sketchy tech put it together. I'll let you know. And this <laughs> What we're looking at here is more of your Retro Man Cave. <clears throat> Unfortunately, so here's 79. NASCOM has literally released a Triumph. Okay? I mean, this is quite a machine. Yes. Uh, this thing has the ability to, uh, to, be, uh, to support memory cards, Graphics cards, uh, floppy disks, you know, the whole enchilada. So you've got a, what you've got here is a proper computer. And sure enough, uh, in 1980, NASCOM Limited, the company, met with difficulties in getting components, specifically yep. RAM. And so eventually, this did them no favors. And eventually, they were sold to Lucas Limited. Now, if it, you'll, if, as we were researching this, I kept ca- coming across things called the Lucas NASCOM. That's where this comes from, because the NASCOM, as a computer company, was sold to Lucas. Uh, and so, eventually, uh, they actually uh, they had a cased version of the NASCOM 2 that ended up being the NASCOM 3. Yeah. So, <clears throat> there it was, you go. It, I mean, it was a NASCOM 2 with a with a case, right? Right. And what you're, if you're watching at home, the <clears throat> picture on the screen there, that is the uh, innards. Uh, that's basically the board for a NASCOM uh, two or and really the two and the three were affected with the same thing. The just same in the thing, case. yeah. Now, with all that said, uh, there were games released for this. Now, uh, we sort of went over the gory details <clears throat> about how difficult it was to for us to emulate this. Now, the funny thing about this is, uh, once you understand the basics of the NASCOM. You would think it's difficult. The problem I had basically was under, getting the emulators to understand uh, how to accept the, uh, the the media that I was trying to give it, cassettes and, and discs and, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, you uh, the the commands you type in are nutty. You know, there it's early DOSy type stuff that you have to sort of uh, learn. Just running stuff requires you to run like you would type in like a memory address to get to run. And, like there's one common one that you would type in to get stuff to work. So, the learning curve was high. Now, Brent, I believe you told me there were 42 games released on this thing. Uh, it was uh, something like that, yeah. Something and, in that... And, and the thing is, is a lot of the games uh, have been made within the last decade. Uh, oh, really? The, a lot not, of the none really of the ones amazing ones. Yeah. None of the ones we played uh, were no, made there. No, no. I believe ours were all uh, of the era or, you know, <clears throat> mid-80s. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm just gonna I got a list here of the games. And one thing you're gonna realize, and this this seems to be the uh this seems to be the way it is 
on a lot of these really, really old computers is that what you've got a lot of are ports, just are arcade clones. All right. And so I think everything we're playing today, except that's not true. We've got no. one in there that's original. But you've got a lot of ports, and you've also got a lot of text adventures. Yes. Right? Uh, and and all, all the ones you would expect uh, to have been ported in the early days were, were, were ported over. But, I mean, you've got stuff like uh, the the old Eliza. That's on here. You know, the old uh, talk to the psychiatrist thing. Uh, Lord, you know, uh, you've got stuff like uh, uh, Othello and Pac-Man. You know, stuff like that. I mean, stuff you would expect to see on one of these things. You've got to have a game named Star Trek, for example. You know, <laughs> that's just that's a must. Did you try <clears throat> any of the text adventures, Aaron? I did. I, I, I did. Did you get anywhere on them? No, gosh, no. Yeah, uh, the, I, the the commands. I mean, it's it really gives you a uh, a bit of a uh, uh, insight <clears throat> into more modern uh, text adventures. Yeah. I were doing commands that made complete sense to me, like get or pick up, and they were like, "We don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, it's these like, were like, "What the, do these, you want?" <laughs> these were sort of like they felt like they had been poured over, like directly from the old mainframes at the local college. Yeah, you know that shtick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, I would I would say the games I saw. There's also very very uh, limited footage of anyone playing games, so all the st- all the footage they got is stuff I generated, except for this little blurb right here that someone put together. Um, I would put these games somewhere, I would say a step or two below uh, the uh, the TRS-80 model 1 and 3 slash uh, Dick Smith's uh, Super 80 or System 80. They're, they're right there. They're, I mean, they're not that far off. They're just the resolution's a little lower, uh, and the sound's not as good because there was no sound. Right. Uh, but... Uh, um, uh, I, they were better than I would have anticipated. In fact, I was surprised at the uh, the, the girth, the amount of games that were available for. Uh, you know, you, when you hear something is a kit computer from the seventies, like my hopes were low. Yeah, and I will say this thing surpassed them in the ability to do anything. You yeah, because you don't think about computers, and they, of course, if you think about it, the Atari computers come from the seventies, the eight bits, and of course, they were awesome. So, you know, of course, you've got the jack of Atari behind it. This is basically put together by a dude. Yeah. But the, this thing was formidable. It was a decent was. little machine, you know? It absolutely was. Uh, uh, and, and that was a surprise to me. I will say that was a that was a big surprise. Uh, so, with all that in mind, uh, Brent, let's go ahead and talk about what we ended up getting into. Now, tell the people... What, how, what, how you stumbled across what we're going to talk about, and uh, if they wanted to get it, they it's a, it's available for anyone, right? Uh, yeah, I ended up uh, in in desperation. I, I try like gangbusters to avoid Java emulators, yeah, uh, just because it's it's not an area that I'm real comfortable with. And if someone really wanted to screw up my day, they could they could do it, and I wouldn't even know it. It's Java. Enough said. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I eventually, there are a couple Java emulators out there, but there was one particular one that has games already in the memory, already basically ready to go. And where we were struggling so much with getting the uh, games to be recognized, uh, finding this was just a, a grail. 
It was an absolute yeah. holy grail. And it actually had a couple of games on it that I would have picked anyway, so it worked exactly, out pretty well. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what we took a look at, and uh, it, we still had to learn the commands, and they were actually very handily uh, mapped out for you. There's a, yeah. weir- a weird thing where you have to put a uh, left bracket at the beginning of all your lines to do your commands. I don't know if that's standard or if that was something just uh, uh, having to do with the, the built-in stuff of this emulator, but I would have never you know, thought to do that natively yeah um but and and of course there are different wrong there are different mm-hmm. types of nascoms and so they they would take different commands so i was also complicated yeah you know so it but we got there <laughs> we got there we, got and there. we so, always do so what we're going to do is just sort of discuss these and and talk about them so let's go ahead what which one would you like to tackle first well, did you actually uh, capture footage from Tic Tac Toe? I did. All I right, did. Let's go oh, ahead no, and pull no. Up. No, I didn't know. Not Tic Tac Toe. I didn't know. Okay, Tic Tac Toe is exactly what you would think. It's yeah. a big screen with Tic Tac Toe, and uh, you can play against a computer or another player. It's Tic Tac Toe. Uh, yeah. There's not a whole lot more to say about yeah, it. Yeah, that one I skipped over. I'd say even that one was a little bit too basic for me. So, what? Let's which one would you like to start let's with? Let's fire up Asteroids. Okay. Asteroids was really impressive. <clears throat> so. Asteroids, now th- this may stun some of you, but this is a, a Stephen Weller uh, game. As you can see, the Level 9 computer, they came up a lot. Absolutely. Uh, this is from 82, as it said there. And what you've got here is a uh, a, a very low-resolution uh, low version of, of Asteroids. <clears throat> now, I'll tell you, uh, when this came up, this is funny because this is actually the first game I tried out. And, uh, man, I was... I was pretty impressed. Uh, it reminds Brent. you of of uh, asteroids on the Atari twenty six hundred. At least it did me. Well, I mean, the uh, uh, first of all, I could. This is me playing at a much higher level than start. Uh, but uh, the the uh, uh, the the ability for the asteroids to split off and to move in their own directions uh, was it was cool. It had everything that you would expect asteroids to have. Yeah, I will say the one thing about a lot of these games is they had real wacky control. Uh, yeah, yeah this see. was completely controlled with up, down, left, right. Yeah, this you can see right here. I kept this in. Uh, if you're watching home, this is me actually loading up the game. You have to put the bracket in. But the asteroids, uh, they gave you they gave you the left, right. Uh, you've got your thrust, and you've got hyperspace there. Uh, which is nice, and the ability to start at whatever level you want, which is nice. Yeah, because now, one is really slow. Do you know? Did you during your research? Did you did you notice if uh, these games had been sold or were these all just gimmies? I mean, I'm assuming you these were all things that you would just pass around. I, I but can't I don't imagine know if they there would any... be a market for to be for these to be sold. Uh, I, 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 I certainly did not. I mean, in these particular games, I certainly did not see anywhere where there was box art or uh, uh, anything like that. Well, so yeah, if that, they were that, sold, they I, I did not see it. I looked over a lot of the games, and I'd heard of some of the people that made the game. So yes, absolutely. I, I would assume I, they, there may have been some sort of market for buying these. I don't, I, that I just don't know. I, no one was really talking about it. But yeah, getting back to Asteroids, uh, plays great. I mean, your ship is obviously tiny. Uh, but I mean, it, it plays just like you would expect. The hyperspace works just like you would expect. The uh, asteroids bust up just like you would expect. 
Uh, in fact, they would bust into smaller pieces than I would have thought. Like right there, I'd say your second level in, that'd be pretty small, but they actually break again, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The, the, the controls, I struggled mightily, though. Uh, the, the way they've got it rigged up was a really goofy uh, with your arrow keys doing three, uh, doing bizarre. I didn't like the way they had it set up. You would think you turn, turn left and right would be left and right, but it's right. not. It's, it's, it's left, left and left up. And up. <laughs> yeah, and so I kept thrusting when I wanted to turn, and so that would drive me nuts. What did you think of this one? I, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm i not a huge Asteroid fan, right? Uh, yeah. Just not my, not my game for whatever reason. However, I think that this captures everything that you would want from the game. And yeah. it's 100% playable. I mean, if you wanted to play a game of Asteroids and this was what you had, you would be satisfied. Yeah. I think uh, Stephen Weller did a good job there on a this An one. excellent job. Absolutely. Yeah. So I give, I give uh, if you want to play uh, some Asteroids on your NASCOM, you got a winner here. Absolutely. Brent, let's move on to Cycles. Uh, this game actually had a couple names, uh, but uh, we call it Cycles. <laughs> they call it Surround when you load it up. This is another level nine game. Yeah, uh, Brent. This is uh, basically uh, Snake, or or that's not true. It's more like uh, Tron, Tron light, cycle. light cycles. I like the fact that you that your character just stands still and just move. <laughs> he just moves around, uh, and light comes out of his hiney. Uh, or his face, uh, depending on which way you're facing. Yeah, uh, this is a game where you uh, compete against a, either the computer or another player. Hey, how yeah. about that, Brent? Two player action. On the NASCOM, uh, and and you've got uh, uh, you, again, you could pick the your speed level. The speed levels on this range from like doable to Are you kidding me? If you try I to was play able to beat all the way up to level eight, really? Uh, yeah, level nine, you just instantly die. There's no, no I don't, I don't think it's physically possible to, and that was running at four uh, four hertz. Yeah. Now so. this this wasn't. As graphically impressive as Asteroids or as fun. Not. No. Uh, but the controls did make more sense, uh, thankfully. Yeah. You could actually uh, 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 you could actually do so something with it. But this is just a real basic... Uh, this is easily the most basic of the games we looked at. Uh, it's just straight up light cycle. Uh, but it's okay. I, I, will, I, I will give it points for... Uh, for it functions. Uh, two players. I do like the fact that when you exit, it thanks you for playing its game and yeah. tells you to have a nice day. <laughs> That's a it's a polite game of of, of trying light cycle. Um, so, I mean, the controls were usually responsive. You do have to hit the key. Uh, you when your guy is making the movement, you can't hit the key; it won't register. Um, it, it was okay. I enjoy that it allowed. Nine levels of speed. Uh, I, I just would have liked something different for your icon than a person, uh, especially if you're if the other enemy was some kind of humanoid shape. I think it would have been okay, but it was a uh, uh, club like you'd see on a deck of cards. He looks more like the Ace of Spades. He looks uh, it like could, Ace it, of Spades. It could certainly be a spade as well. It, it's kind I of that in between. That too. Uh, we <laughs> but, love you, uh, Remy. Uh yeah, this this one I did not actually play much of at all. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it didn't take me place of this one. Now, Brent, here's one that I struggled with, but I think you re really enjoyed uh, the old Piranha, uh, yes. Brent. Now, it, tell the people. I'll let you run the show on this. So tell the people about Piranha here. Uh, Piranha is a game where you 
Well, the story is that you, you've fallen into the Amazon River and you've got to avoid these piranhas that are attacking you. I hate when And that apparently happens. if the piranhas run into each other, they'll eat each other. So you can uh, uh, get away from them that way. This is one, obviously, a one-screen game. You start in the center and you uh, have the entire screen to run around. There are no obstacles themselves on the screen except for the piranhas. And the piranhas will come from all sides of the screen uh, in any possible border starting location and swim towards you. Um, as they swim, they uh, will kind of bunch up and make it a little bit harder to dodge. And if you can get them to run into themselves, they will disappear and you'll get more points for it. And this is a points game. Uh, something very unique of this is... Um, if you double tap, your character moves twice the speed. So it gives you an extra lever, level of maneuverability. Very nice. Very nice there. Uh, also, you can hit, after you score so many points, you can hit A and turn on autopilot. And the yeah. game will play itself. That was it strange. Will, it will like, play uh, itself flawlessly. You, you can't just rely on it forever. Yeah. Uh, but... You can uh, uh, ha you can have step away for a moment, and it will play itself and run around itself. Did, I've never seen a game that did that. Yeah, uh, like <laughs> it's very strange. Can you explain? I I had trouble understanding the concepts here of what you needed to do exactly. Avoid. It's it's all about just avoiding. How long does your poor guy to stay in the river? Forever. So he felt, then why are you struggling to survive? Just no, no, let no. yourself die. No, 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 no. It's all <laughs> it's a point game. So you play for high score, and yeah. the longer the game goes on, the more piranha that are released into the river. Yeah. And like I said, you eventually you have to get them to collide with each other, and they're smart. They're smart enough that they don't want to collide with each other. Um, Different levels will go will, is different speeds worth of the game, uh, and it, it's I had a lot of fun with this. Uh, being able to double tap to get that extra movement speed, it, it sends you just over the edge of out of control. Uh, but sometimes you have to do it, and this game allows uh, lets you move in all eight uh, directions. You know, you're up, down, left, right, and all the diagonals by hitting both keys together. And it feels good. The controls are very responsive. Uh, and you really need that responsiveness because uh, when you get a lot of piranhas, which are just represented as asterisks, when you get a lot of them on the screen, I mean, I probably had 15 or 20 of them on the screen at one time. Yeah. Swimming around in circles, uh, avoiding them. And when they hit and blow up, you can actually blow up more than just two at a time. You can blow up whole chunks of them at a time and get huge score. So I really enjoyed this game. This was probably my favorite of the bunch, even though it wasn't necessarily graphically the best. Uh, I feel like it played the best. You can see if you're watching at home, there's a little A up beside my score. That means it's on autopilot. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, that, and, that A does not stand for Aaron. <laughs> it, yeah, no, it doesn't. Because you can see, once I turn that on, it went from meandering idiot to super god of the water, like Tarzan. Uh, but yeah, this I will say, this is probably, this is, it's not probably, this is definitely the most clever, most original title that we looked at. 
Yeah. Uh, it was. It wasn't my favorite, but uh, because I I had had trouble with it, but it was still pretty good. And it, it's certainly very playable and unique. I'd say this is the if you're going to play any of these games, this is probably the one you're going to want to try out, man. I thought this was pretty good. Uh, so I thought that was a winner. So the last game we looked at, you listen, every old, incredibly old system, they got to have one thing, don't they, bro? Well, you got to have two things. You got to have, you've got to have your classic games on here: your Space Invaders, your Pac-Man's, your Asteroids, and of course, you got to have Scramble. Yeah, Scramble, one of my favorite games, uh, and a game that I, I really enjoy. You know, this and 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 Cobra, Super Cobra, all the, all the fun games from back in the day. This one is a problem. Would you say this is the most graphically interesting game we looked at? Absolutely. Uh, we'll say I, I'm not real keen on the way your ship looks, uh, but oh, uh, I think it looks good. Well, it looks kind of it looks kind of iffy to me, man. No, I think it looks good. Uh, I think this I is think you got to remember your, what you're working with, man. Right, right. This is your yeah. This is your classic scramble game, except for the fact that it, once again, uh, this thing was hard as heck to control. Uh, the the control keys are are this is like remember when you used to play Defender in the arcade you had like fifty buttons there that's the way I felt playing this you're tapping crap to shoot you're tapping crap to drop the bombs then you've got the four directions and it was it was tough it's uh, that's a lot of button tapping this game would have done well uh, on a joystick at I'll the time. tell you right now I'm watching your demo play footage right yeah you're playing completely wrong well no kidding. I'm uh, struggling with the controls here. Uh, I this is probably even though I enjoyed Piranha the most, Scramble is definitely the game I played the most. Uh, and you have got to get into the ravines and and use your forward shooting gun. Yeah. You cannot rely on your bombs. You notice uh, by the way when this came through, I just want to hop in. This was called. We've got it listed as Scramble, but actually. Uh, from what the game says, it's, this game is called, I think it was called Raider. Did you see that as a yes. pop? I just noticed that. I, yes. I didn't even notice that last night when I was playing it. Uh, so if you're looking for this one, you'll probably, I, although it was listed as Scramble and the, that's the funny thing about these games. They're, they're not, they don't screw around with a, a, their fake names. When you're loading these things, they're called Asteroids or, I mean, they, they call them what they're cloning effectively. Yeah. But this one, if you're looking for it, it looks like it's called Raider. Yeah. So you, the, the, go ahead. When you play this, it, you could run out of fuel, just like oh the, yeah, Big what time. you'd expect. Bombing fuel is incredibly difficult. You have to get in the trenches. You have to fly down into the valleys and shoot your fuel. It's the only way to survive past uh, five hundred clicks. Um, I really, really enjoyed the challenge of this game. I was able to feel myself improve. I was getting farther and farther. I really wanted to see if it had the actual cave sections, you know, yeah. where you have got. Oh man, that'd be that'd be tough. I went very, very far, very, yeah. very far into the game, and I was never able to uh, get that to happen. Um, something to mention that was brought up in chat is while our cardinal directions up down left right on a modern keyboard or t-shaped uh on the setup of the nascom they weren't they were square in a square so that's why the up or the left and up was 
left and right in asteroids. And that happens on a lot of on old the NASCOM. Like it made sense. Yeah, I just assumed that. Yeah, because that that happens quite often on those. On and those thank old, you, Frodo, for pointing machines. that out. And it, that is definitely worth mentioning. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I Scramble a... did not use arrow keys. It used uh, letter keys. Yeah. And, just... and so did uh, um, Piranha. Yeah. That, and actually, that worked out pretty well. The, this one, the the uh, the key setup that was particularly goofy. That's why this was not like... Uh, this, this you was know, too it much didn't bother me. me. Once this I got like... used to it, it, it this uh, the Scramble game did <clears throat> not bother me. Uh, one thing I do want to point out is this thing flies by here. It's, Look at the uh, level of detail on the actual line that makes up the hillside. Yes, it's, uh, it's magnificent. It's a smooth. I mean, it's it's a. They did a great job. Yeah. Uh, with that, I mean, it looks nice, and you could certainly see where you could put together any sort of like a, a, like a lunar lander or something. I mean, it, it looks good. It's almost a Vectrix like in, in a way. You've got that kind of vectory looking line, and the scrolling is fairly smooth. You know. This I'll have to say, Brent. I had the same feeling when we tried out the uh, the Dick Smith System eighty. Uh, is that you? You wouldn't think a game of this age would be able to, or a system like this would be able to do anything like this. It always blows my mind. I mean, we were looking at some pretty tight graphics uh, for you know for nineteen eighty, nineteen eighty. You know, this is, this look nice. I mean, it's yeah. just, it, you've got something here, and you've also probably got some pretty darn talented programmers. Did you, know? you uh, mess with the uh, megahertz on this? I actually I, I slowed I, I did scramble down. Yeah. Um, oh, really? I played it on a slower system and had a, and it's obviously jerkier. Uh, yeah. But I Much had like a better experience overall with it at the speed it runs. Uh, I think uh, natively we played everything at four. Uh, I slowed it down to two, and and it it played easier. Well, duh. So what you're saying is you were talking about how great and how far you got. This you cheated. You no, turned no, no. the system speed down. No, no, no. Here's the thing, though, Aaron. It plays mm. slower, but it also plays jerkier. That, like I said, that that explains the compatibility there. But my point is, listen, I could slow down any game to play it frame by frame. I'd be some kind of super god. No. So basically, I'm declaring myself champion of normal speed raider. No, Brent, I play. I definitely played it at both. I definitely played it. At, Frodo's standing up for you in the chat. Come on, Frodo. Listen, you got to man up. Play this thing at full speed, yo. Don't it, give me that crap. Aaron wants to play it on a system that didn't exist. I got it. I got it. Take off. Take regardless, off. Regardless. Regardless. This was an incredibly impressive thing. Uh, it. I would have been three when this came out so i obviously could not have uh appreciated it as a child but in my adult years looking back at where computers have come from and where they are today it it's absolutely amazing it's absolutely amazing that that someone took the time to start from here because if we didn't have a start we would never be where we are today yes and uh uh it, my big hats off to these guys who really soldiered through during these NASCOM type er- eras and uh, allowed us to get to where we are today. You know, <clears throat> just in closing, uh, I will say that the struggle. It's funny because Frodo was just saying that, like, he was like, "We know we'd have trouble." I, I had to be able to work on last Sunday. <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's kicking the pants." But 
the one thing about the struggle, like, oh, we're dumb guys. Frodo's a genius. Uh, but the one thing about the struggle is you get, I learned a ton. You, I was in there hacking away in the, uh, trying with, with commands. I, I feel like I got close to this machine that I probably should have trying yeah. to load stuff. I was doing stuff with the cassette. I was, I was add, I was putting on additional stuff that had been put in and doing a lot of research on it. And I had to say, uh, once again, your stupidity, your rambunctiousness to put pieces on the wheel actually paid off because much like last week uh, with the with the uh, Sipico, I actually enjoyed this probably more than I had any right to because it was a, a good time, a very it, good time. Hey, you know uh, the wheel the wheel doesn't steer, steer us wrong, Aaron. It knows what we need and when we need it. You know, you when you utter its name. It doth appear. Oh. Bam. Here it comes. Brent, this week, we've made some additions. Uh, we've got the, uh, as our Retro Rewind piece, I've stuck back on the Jupiter Ace. You know, that was one of our more popular episodes, Brent, the old Jupiter Ace. Absolutely. Who'd have figured it, man? And as our new piece this week, we have stuck on, this is controversial, Brent. You've just called this one Amiga versus Atari ST. This will be a, one of these battle of the system type gimmicks, uh, I assume. So anything could happen. Uh, Brent, tell them about these locked pieces, my friend. We have three locked pieces from the Fallen shows. And they will stay on the wheel even if they are spun. And they will stay on the wheel at least until Thanksgiving. And we might even keep them on longer than that. Uh, unfortunately, two of those locked pieces have yet to been spun. I think today we're going to hit one, though. All right, Brent, I'm going to spin this sucker. Here we go. All right, this thing's spinning. It was a good spin this week. What are we going to get? Here it is, and it is... Oh, no. It's Bizarro Spin, Brent. Oh, okay. Brent, tell everyone what that means, and also, because I don't remember. What does that mean? Bizarro Spin means we're going to spin it again, and we're going to pick games for each other to review. Holy so smokes. So whatever it comes up on... I will be picking Aaron's game, and Aaron will be picking my game. All right. Well, this is where we basically hose each other. That's it. All right. This has only come up once ever, had the Bizarro Twice, spin. Twice, I believe. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We're going to spin it again. Oh! What if Bizarro spin comes up again, Brent? Uh, they, I guess they switch back. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's the Atari 1200XL Atari locked piece, Brent. Bam! Bam! I, I it's Atari it. time. I felt it. You felt that? I did. I told you. Told you. Lock piece time. So, so we what will that be means taking is, a look at the Atari twelve hundred again, and we'll be giving each other the game. That's right. Interesting. Now we we haven't looked at the Atari eight bit for a long time on this show. In fact, because that's one of the. In fact, the very first episode of ARG presents was an Atari eight bit show. Uh, where we covered a Caverns of Mars, I believe was the title. Uh, so that will be uh, fun to go back to, and we will be picking each other's games, bro. We have a deadline on that Tuesday. It sounds good, or uh, to pick each other's Wednesday, games. Wednesday at the latest. Wednesday's usually the day we give ourselves. Very good, very good. So uh, this is where we wrap this sucker up. Brad, do you want to give any shout-outs or any information out there? Uh, I want to say hello to a few people in chat. We've got Roushies, Pixels at Dawn, Frodo, Hermsky, making a late appearance, but a welcome appearance as always. Uh, Mitsuyama, uh, we got the Bass, we got uh, Dave Velociraptor, 
And let me just real quick pop in and say hello to some of our lurkers. Co-Brian, we've got uh, Hamo1, and let's grab one more here from the bottom of the list. Vertigo Prozy, or Proz, perhaps. Very good, very good. Thanks, everybody, for uh, checking us out today. We appreciate that, Brent. Uh, any final thoughts before we put this sucker to bed? You know, it was a rough week. Uh, but I really, this is I, these are the kind of weeks that I'm going to really remember because this is a system I'd never heard about and learned so much and learned a lot of respect for the people of this era. So uh, I'm glad it got spun. I really very, am. Very good, very good. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you all, and we will catch you again next week for Bizarro Atari 1200XL. Have a good week, everybody. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. Quick shout out to all of our YouTube subscribers and Twitch followers. A special thank you to Duncan Styles for our vector graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to keep ARG spinning for as little as a dollar a month? You can do so at anchor.fm slash ARG presents. Supporters get entry into the Amigos Discord channel as well as their name called out in the credits. Supporters like these fine folks, Z9K9, Anthony Jarvis, Graham W. Vetke, Terry Howard, Gary Heather, John Schaller, The Slow Norris, Frodo NL, Steve Rasmussen, Chris Folds, Mitsuyama, Retroalgy, Hermsky, John Dackman, and Jerry Dennington. Don't want to explain another credit card bill? That's okay too. You can help us out by leaving us a positive review on Spotify and Apple iTunes. Have an idea for a wheel piece? Send it to us at argpresents at mail.com. We record live every Sunday at 9am EDT on Twitch. Hope to see you there.